listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. You're listening to the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me today. I'm excited about this episode for a few reasons. First, it's the last episode of the year for calendar year 2021. Don't worry, we'll be back the first week of January and every week next year. And then secondly, I'm really proud of what I've done with this show and what you've helped me to do. This is episode number 79, if you can believe it. What that means is that we have almost 40 hours of content of what's essentially a free business development education on how to sell and how to get more business from clients. So I'd recommend going back and listening to some of those shows. If you've heard one before, listen to it again, because many times you hear new things that are on on shows that you've listened to before. But my guest today is someone I'm really excited about, and I've known Henry DeVries for quite some time. I remember the first time he quoted me years ago in an article that he wrote. I've quoted him many times when I've written articles. In fact, his name might be familiar to you because he writes a weekly business development column for Forbes.com, and he's the co-host of the Marketing with a Book podcast. Well, Henry reached out to me last year and said, let's co-author a book together. And so Henry, myself, and also Mark LeBlanc co-authored a book. And let me tell you about this. It's called Rainmaker Confidential, How Top Professionals Make Smart Business Development Investments of Time, Treasure, and Talent. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time you read a book on business development? I'd highly recommend this book. And it's not just because I wrote a third of it, but the content in here is solid and it'll help you. And there's a website link you can go to called rainmakerconfidential.com. Uh, go there, learn about the book. You can order the book from that link. And I hope that that gives you some good ideas that can help you get more business from your clients. I think you're also going to find Henry to be a very interesting guest. Our topic is how to become a better rainmaker. And if you also have some time, go to the Amazon author's page that I put on the show notes, the link for Henry, and you'll be impressed with the volume of books that he's written on business development. And I'd also recommend taking some time and reading some of those. My favorite is How to Close a Deal Like Warren Buffett. Anyways, without further ado, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy my interview with Henry DeVries. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. We've got a special guest on today, a good friend and my co-author, Henry DeVries. Henry, thanks for joining me on the show today. Scott, it's so great to be here to talk about our new book, Rainmaker Confidential. Absolutely. And happy to share the research that uh, you and I and Mark LeBlanc did on how the best rainmakers are investing their time, talent, and treasure. Absolutely. And for those people that are listening, I've known Henry, I'm thinking like 2004, something like that. That where sounds right to me. I think I interviewed you for some of the content I was putting out. I know you interviewed me and I was appreciative of the quotes and mentions that you gave me in your Forbes column over the years and in some of your other books. And I was honored to be invited to co-author it with you and with Mark LeBlanc, who, if you don't know him, he's a past guest on our show and he'll be a new guest here shortly in the next few weeks. But he's a world-class expert and speaker, past president of the National Speakers Association just a real highly credentialed professional. And I think we put a good book together, Henry. I think we got something pretty special here. Well, it's all based on R&D, rob and duplicate. <laughs> That's right. We, we talked to the great rainmakers and we robbed and duplicated what they're doing that works. So 
other consultants, professionals, attorneys, and management consultants and financial advisors can take this information in and improve their business development. Absolutely right. And for you, dear listener, if you're in the business of getting business, I'd recommend checking out our book. And we'll put the links on the show notes. It's called Rainmaker Confidential, like Henry said. And this is based on data. It's based on substance. And it'll help you become a rainmaker. And that's our topic for today, how to become a better rainmaker. And, and Henry, let me ask you this. What are some of the top things on your mind that you got out of the book or that you put into the book that you think can help people to grow in their skills of rainmaking? Sure. Well, let's go back to a scary time, Scott. It's Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. March 13th, 2020 to be exact. And we were put into lockdown here in California the governor told us we could not be in our office. So we moved everything to the home, not knowing would this be 30 days or 60 days? Surely by summer, this would be over. And then we found out it was going to be a longer grind. And I went out and started interviewing top rainmakers at large professional service firms, consulting firms, uh, attorneys, and found out what were they doing to shift? What were they doing to shift their strategy? We ask questions like, what are you spending more money on? What are you spending less money on? I remember you commented, travel and restaurants. Yeah. Uh, I hope I hope the pandemic helped you. <laughs> and uh, another thing, what was their go-to strategy? Right. And it was interesting to hear how people were tweaking the proven strategies, but tweaking them for the world we're in. And my biggest learning, Scott, from this was, this wasn't an event that was going to happen and be over. It has shifted the way we do business. Mm-hmm. And that came out in the interviews. Do you think that some of these changes we're facing and the way that we've adapted, do you think that's going to change anytime soon? Or do you think it's always going to be an evolving situation? It's definitely going to be evolving because I watched trends and I knew these trends were coming. But my crystal ball said they were coming five to 10 years from now. Yeah. The pandemic accelerated it. Yeah. Why does it make sense? Someone called and I run a book publishing company. So I help people prepare a book, publish a book, promote a book. A business leader in San Diego who's 40 minutes from where I live wanted to go have coffee. And he said, where should we have coffee? And I said, on Zoom. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I didn't want to drive an hour to meet him and drive an hour back. Right. It just doesn't make sense anymore. So that's part of the change that we know we're going to have to live our life on Zoom. We have to network on Zoom and right. how people are adjusting to networking. A surprise for me in the study was that people were sponsoring online events just like they used to sponsor events where they could mm-hmm. set up a table and, and uh, schmooze, if you will, uh, to visit a network. Well, now they have to translate that to the online world because just because we're not meeting in person doesn't mean that meetings aren't happening. It That's doesn't right. mean that there's a great opportunity to network with people who are either potential referral sources, potential advocates, or potential clients. So speaking of potential clients, what would be some of the insights that you put in the book that you learned from your research that you think would be the most impacting for somebody that's going to read our book? The most impactful 
is what I call the Trojan horse strategy. Right. Tell me about this. Yeah, this came out in an interview with a podcaster, uh, Stephen Wozner, and he just put a name to a strategy I was hearing in different quarters. Mm -hmm. So in ancient Greek mythology, we know about the Greek and Trojan wars and fighting over Helen of Troy. And um, the Greeks did a, a faint move. They put everybody aboard a ship and retreated and left a large wooden horse. And it was to be for the the gods of Troy. So the Trojans said, oh, well, well, I guess, you know, they were good sports. I don't know what they thought, why they they wheeled this into the city, but they did. And that night, Greeks snuck out from inside the horse, opened the gates, and the army had come back by ship and invaded and won. So the idea of the Trojan horse is a gift. And the strategy is, if you have a group of potential clients, give them the gift of amplifying their message. Mm. So Stephen Wozner, as a podcaster with Onward Nation, would interview leaders of companies, and then he would promote their podcast, and then he would follow up with something that they had said and and do something else. So he was building relationships. I do it with my Forbes.com column. Mm -hmm. So I interview 60 people a year and I choose who I interview. I'm building relationships with people. That's right. That's a great idea. So it's uh, another person we interviewed. He wanted to build his clientele with companies that are in the 30 to 500 million range. So he wrote a book on topics that were of interest to those CEOs and interviewed 110 CEOs. Well, along the way, in forming these relationships, three of them hired him for large five-figure projects. That's a great idea. The Trojan horse strategy, give before you get, and then use it to build relationships. Relationships are the key. It's not a transaction where you call people up. Hey, I got this great thing for you. You want it? That that doesn't work. Right. Well, I think that what you mentioned, it's the give to get. I remember I was playing golf with a client of mine and one of the people in our group worked for a private equity firm. And that was a prospect for my client, my friend. And so we're sitting around having a beer at the end of our game. And my client told me, he said, I always believe give to get. I want to give leads. I'm going to give information. I'm going to give something to someone. And he's a magnificent rainmaker. I've done some pretty special work within their firm. And I've got a lot of respect for him and his firm. And just seeing that that validates everything that I've ever heard. And I got to see it in action with somebody else. Give to get. How do you think people that are listening to this can apply that in their world? What would be some other examples of Trojan horses that they might be able to use besides of content creation. What are some other things that you've seen in your career, Henry? Saw something really interesting with an attorney in San Diego, and she was a prosecutor and then went to the other side. She opened up her own practice, hung out the shingle as a defense attorney. Mm-hmm. So I said, where do you get your leads? She says, well, I knew over 150 prosecutors. So What I did was I put together an email list and I bought season tickets to the baseball team. I don't like baseball. (laughs) So what I do is I send emails out that I have four extra tickets to this game. Would anybody (laughs) like them? So all the prosecutors wanted to stay on her email list. 
So as the great Patricia Fripp, past president of the National Speakers Association, uh, somebody who's helped you and and Mark and, and me, as Patricia Fripp says, it's not their job to remember you. It's your job to remind them that you exist. Right. So that email that she sent out, and it was like the radio station, you know, the first person who responds gets the tickets. And <laughs> that's a great um, idea. It was a great idea and kept her top of mind. So when people network, when you want to, you know, uh, God forbid you should need a good defense attorney, what are you going to do? You're going to network among the legal community. And there was a study that came out from Yale, and it was, it was a long time ago. It still applies that. One of the reasons people will recommend you is just top of mind awareness. Interesting. They've heard of you. They hear your name. So I also advise people, you should be putting on small scale seminars or Zoominars if you want. And you should be telling the whole list that they can attend. Just that act of sending it out over and over again positions you as an expert in people's minds. I think that's, that's fantastic. That's something I see within the legal community also. Those firms that have credentialed experts in certain practice areas or certain industry niches, especially with Zoom coming out, now it doesn't have to be a live event. It can be something that people can attend virtually so they get a lot more eyeballs looking at that. And I think that's a great idea, Henry. So something I remember you talking about years and years ago, if you're at a live networking event and you meet someone who's a stranger, what should your goal be and how do you break the ice to get to know somebody? I remember you had some pretty creative ideas to get to know people. And as people are coming back in person at events, there's going to be more opportunities for this. What are some things in that regard that you can share with the listeners? So let's go back in the time machine to the before times. Mm -hmm. And the year is 2005. I'm working. I had a busy day. I'm running a agency that trains people how to get more clients and I had accepted an invitation to go to an open house for a new firm, and it was going to be a 40-minute drive, and then I had to get home and go to the PTA meeting and all that. So I'm taking the drive up there, and a little voice in my head says, stupid, 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 why are you spending all this time in a networking event? And this other little voice in my head said, well, wait, why don't we practice the new rainmaking technique that we had learned. So obviously, I'm schizophrenic. I have these two voices that argue with each other. (laughs) So I get to the event, and here's the best opening line icebreaker. Whatever the person is doing at the event, ask them what they do when they're not doing that. So I came up to a man who was in the buffet line, and I said, hi, I'm Henry. So I'm Ted. I said, so Ted, what do you do when you're not getting shrimp at a buffet line at a <laughs> house at an open house in Vista? And he goes, oh, well, two things. One, I'm on the city council and I run a rabbit ranch. So I thought the little voice in my head said, oh, no, city council, rabbit <laughs> ranch. <laughs> and the other voice said, keep going, keep going. So the next question, you say, well, city council on the rabbit ranch? That sounds interesting. How does that work? Now, most people think their story is interesting. You'll be the judge of that. But that just lets them tell you their story. Says, well, interesting story. I ran for city council, but that's half time in this city. So I needed work. And my dad said they were hiring at the rabbit ranch. 
Oh, let me tell you about rabbit ranching. And he goes on and on how great rabbit ranching is. And, uh, oh, this was the perfect place for a rabbit ranch. And that after he started, six months after he started, the rabbit rancher offered him a sweetheart deal to take over and own the rabbit ranch. And the little voice in my head said, keep going, keep going. So the next question is, well, that must be challenging. Who are you looking to network with? Who do you want to meet? So first, what are you doing when you're not doing this? Right. Two, how does that work? Tell me about it. Three, who are you looking to network with? And he shakes my hand and says, thank you very much for asking. He says, what we do with the rabbits is we inject their blood with toxins and vaccines, and it's for the pharma companies to study, and they study the blood of the rabbits. Now, I've just shaken this guy's hand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then the next thing is give to get. And you say, oh, you know, like, are you looking to meet people like from XYZ Pharma? And he said, well, yes. I said, well, you know, I happen to be friends with them from the the PTA. Let me introduce you to uh, Dr. Johnson, who runs it there. Oh, you know, guy was ecstatic. So then may I have your card? So that's the last question is you don't say, who's my card? You say, may I have your card? Or today, you know, you could you send me an email with your contact information? So you ask for it. Now you control it. The next day I said, thank you. Interesting. Six months later, the city where he was on the city council was looking for a communications consultant and they had put out an RFP and I was on the short list to respond. I'd never applied to be on the list. That's funny. Yeah. It worked out. But uh, I didn't apply because I don't respond to RFPs, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> so tell me this in the book. I mentioned this, you mentioned this, Mark mentioned this, talking about growing the network. You've got to continue to grow your network. What would be some ideas and suggestions for people that are looking to grow their network? What would be some of the first, uh, the things that they should keep top of mind as they're looking to become known within their industry niche? The first thing to do is recognize that you already have advocates. Hmm. There are people who have recommended you already. You know, they've introduced you to somebody who needs your service. So that should not be an accidental relationship. Every month, I send a small gift to my advocates, thanking them for their advocacy and telling them I appreciate them. This month, I'm sending out one of those old-fashioned pocket two-year calendars. I said, I know your planner is better on your smartphone, but this (laughs) is just so you can think about key dates in the next two years to build it around. I've sent out packets of hot cocoa when the fall arrives, you know, to take the chill off the fall. I've sent lens cleaners so that they can clean the, their glasses and their devices. Anyway, it's just a little something. I go to the 99 cent store to find these things to remind them that I exist. One of my advocates says, my wife gets really excited because your packages are always kind of, you know, three-dimensional. It's like, what has Henry sent this month? You know. And give me an um, example. Who are the advocates? Who are those people? How would you define who they are, and why would that person be important to you? Well, these are relationships where these people have already introduced you to somebody else. So they already exist. They've introduced you to somebody else, and you need to keep those people in the loop to tell them how it went. Uh, You need to thank them for their advocacy. If it's appropriate, 
not a packet of cocoa, but maybe a little larger gift from time to time to thank them. I like Harry and David uh, fruit packs. Right, you know, they're they're healthy. They have some chocolate in there too. If you if you swing the other way, so <laughs> it's important. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the illusion of being healthy. Uh, right, a chocolate covered pear. Okay, so. <laughs> So that's if you have them. Well, you you do have them. We all you should build up a list of twenty five of them, mm-hmm. and send them something every month. The other thing is you should be looking for people who are not competitive with you, mm-hmm. but are aligned with you. Mm-hmm. So Scott, you and I have always seen ourselves as aligned with each other, mm-hmm. not in competition. You know, I'm not helping any big law firm find their next partner. But I have spoken at law firms and told them how to tell better stories to attract partners. So that's that's aligned. So you look for people who are aligned with you. And then it's the give before you get strategy is send them referrals. I also would go on that's LinkedIn great. with everybody like that. And I would give them a sincere, genuine, specific recommendation compliment on LinkedIn. That's great. And it's amazing wow. how many people want to reciprocate. The law of reciprocation. Right. It's also known as what goes around comes around. That's so right. So they want to reach back out to you. And those do matter because your LinkedIn profile, people might be dismissing it, but that's where people go to check you out. You know, when they Google you, they, well, they these- find your LinkedIn profile and they want to read that. They want to read what other people say about you. Not just those things that Scott Love has 97 recommendations, a little thumbs up. And no, but I want to read specifically where it talks about you as a speaker. And someone says, well, Scott Love spoke for me at a conference I put on, did an excellent job, provided many detailed comments on how to make it rain. Or maybe it's the rainmaking podcast and go on and tell people about how great that is. Mm-hmm. That matters to guests who are checking you out or sponsors who are thinking about getting involved with you. So it's all those things where you're giving first. Those are all exciting ideas. Let me ask you kind of a big picture question. I wanted to kind of bring it into a close here, but I've got another question for you about the book. But if you could give three action steps that somebody that wants to become a better rainmaker can take, and I know we've talked about a couple of ideas, but what would be the next three things that person should do? What would be three good action steps you could kind of leave here for everybody? Well, I wish everybody could have been there when I wrote my book about Warren Buffett and researched Warren Buffett. That's a great book, by the way. That's a great book. Yeah. He said, um, yeah, now available in Chinese, how to close a deal like Warren Buffett. (laughs) Well, Warren Buffett said, never ask a barber if you need a haircut. So don't ask me what to do. I'm going to tell you, uh, why not compare your rainmaking to your peers and buy the book Rainmaker Confidential? So uh, there you go. So in the book, we interviewed the rainmakers and put out their different secrets. That would be one. Mm-hmm. You do the research, what other people are doing. Success leaves clues, right. as Tony Robbins said. So we have the clues that are in there. Second thing is really identify client motivations to hire you. You spoke a lot about that, Scott. Mm-hmm. A lot of it came up in the research. I always talk about high-paying clients. This is not about the $400 pest control client, but you know, God bless them. Um, this is about the five-figure client something where it's really expensive. They have different motivations and they use different 
filters to research us because they have a problem. They don't know who to trust. <laughs> so we need to know what to do to be trustworthy. One yeah. thing you can, you can build your credibility in two minutes or less just by telling a story about someone like them who you took from mess to success, yep. from That's a problem crazy. to a solution. A third thing, I'm always telling people to uh, write a book. If you're an expert, write a book. Start with a blog on LinkedIn. Build up, do articles, uh, do a podcast and transcribe it, but get that content out there and then put it in a book. When you have it in a book, use the amplification strategy, which means get as many people as possible talking about the book. That's great. Thank you for having me on today talking about our book. Other people have had us on to be interviewed about this. Uh, we're, we're getting articles placed about it. All of that, you don't wait for the world to discover you, Scott. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, one one uh, interview I, I liked a lot was um, an actress. I'll just leave it as an actress from, uh, from Australia who came to the United States. She's a pretty big star now. And an interviewer asked her, well, what would you have done if you hadn't been discovered? And she said, discovered? You think I was discovered? <laughs> I banged on every door in Hollywood and finally got a chance and worked hard to prove myself. So it's the same thing in all our professions. Um, all these things we talk about just get you in front of a prospect, and then you have to be able to deliver. It's not enough to be known. It's to be known for your great reputation for delivering results. Absolutely right, Henry. And Henry, you have delivered results for us today. You've given us some great ideas that are actionable. People can take action steps on these right away. I'd highly recommend our, our book, Rainmaker Confidential. We're going to put the link on how you can purchase that on the show notes, as well as Henry's link to LinkedIn and also his for his company for training people on how to market with the book. I'll put that on the show notes also, Henry. And Henry, thanks again for being here. We'll probably have you back on the show here in the next few months, once again. Thanks so much for being here today. As they say at Chick-fil-A, my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.